Greetings and welcome to Association Rockstars, where we hear about the journey and insights of amazing association executives and partners who are building the association industry of tomorrow. My name is Lowell Applebaum. I'm the CEO of Vistacova, where we partner with organizations on strategy and facilitation. It's my absolute pleasure to have with me today, Joe Lindahl. He's been part of the association management community for 12 years and currently serves as a senior associate with MCI USA and leads the Multiple System Atrophy Coalition as their executive director. He serves as the organization's spokesperson and the board of directors strategic partner to enhance the awareness and impact of the MSA coalition. Welcome, Joe. Thanks for having me, Lowell. I'm so happy to have the chance to chat with you. Appreciate so, it. As we start with uh, each of these conversations, we really first like to get a, a feel for those that we talk to who are rock stars and leaders in the industry of what that means. And so as you think about you know, your journey so far, what is one strength, we call it a superpower, right? But what's a superpower you have that you bring to the table that you think helps you succeed, has helped you succeed? Superpower is a, is a high, high word to, uh, to live up to. Um, it's true. I think it's true. Although I can get my kids to draw you a cape if you like. That's right. Well, I don't know if Marvel will make any movies about me. Um, maybe they should. Maybe they should. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I think one of the, the things I bring to the table is um, I'm, a, I'm a naturally competitive person, which might be a little bit um, different. Um, I, I, I really enjoy not only just competing against others, myself as well. I really like to bring to the table new ideas, I like to break things, build, make something new and better. I think we can never stop improving. So when we, when I see other organizations, other leaders doing things that are super impactful, uh, impressive, meeting their mission and vision in unorthodox or unforeseen ways, it, I, I take a little invigoration and juice from that and say, well, what can I do to apply that uh, in my position, what can I bring to my organization that might take us to the next level? So I guess my my rock star ability, I think, is certainly the competitive piece, not not just to win, but yeah. certainly just to look at others and say, how, how can we make things a little bit better? I'm wondering, as you think about the organizations you have either worked with or that you've seen, do you think that competitive mindset is one that most associations have inherently as organizations? Uh, and do you think they need more of one? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't think a lot of organizations I've been a part of necessarily have that competitive drive. I think we are very aware of who our competitor is in the marketplace and certainly look to those like what, what is X organization doing? What could we consider doing? Are they meeting audience needs? But I don't know if it's a natural inclination for us to also look outside our association or our close circle of frenemies, if as it were, to see what could we do differently. I, mm -hmm. I think I'm hearing more dialogue around looking at more what for-profit companies are doing, but I, I think it's an it's an inherent strength um, to go out and say, well, what what how else are companies meeting consumer demands? What tactics are they employing? What questions are they asking? And thinking a little differently about, hey, realistically, we, maybe we have more competitors or maybe there's other competition we have in the environment, people's everyday lives that they only have a limited amount of dollars and resources. How can we make sure that we're an important piece of their budget? Um, 
I think that's something that maybe we don't naturally do, at least not that I've seen. Maybe you have yeah. uh, a different lens than I do, though. You have so much, you know, dialogue with other organizations. No, I would, I would agree that a lot of time what I hear referenced is a, refer is a viewing of what's happening in the for-profit space. Uh, but I've often experienced sort of a uh, momentary pause when I suggest to an organization's leadership that they operate in a competitive landscape, right? That that's, I don't want to say it's a shock to them, right? But it's not usually something they embrace. You know, as you think about the leaders that we have in our organization, our boards, and those that have a great deal of passion for what an organization stands for, uh, but not they aren't necessarily well-trained or well-experienced in nonprofit management, right? Mm -hmm. uh, do you think that competitive mindset is something that organizations need to sink, seek? Is it something that can be learned during leadership service, right? If they're going to better articulate their unique value from being having a competitor viewpoint, mm -hmm. uh, how do we help our leaders do that? I, you know, one of the things that we've implemented um, by court organization and others is, has been moving to that competency-based or selection methodology. And one of the things we do look at is, is business acumen, um, other demonstrated roles where they have gone through a program or resource development process, which has certainly been very, very useful. Um, I don't, from a leadership standpoint, and as I'm thinking about my own organization, um, is, is, is our natural inclination is to be collaborative. And I yeah. think most of us want to do that. It's, it's also just kind of understanding the process of where we want to create something to do what and who's in the best position to do it. Um, and then kind of building from there, it, it doesn't, collaboration can naturally make itself known as the best choice. Going it alone also might certainly be a, a very viable option as well. So the, I, it, I think the competitive piece certainly comes from staff mostly. But I do think that there are skill sets that board and volunteers can bring to the table, even especially at the committee level, perhaps, as we think about direction from the board to create or develop or be innovative, ensuring that you have the right people on that committee to do that work um, would be incredibly valuable. I can, I can speak from my experience that I, I would love to put more emphasis on the traits of each volunteer that are on those types of committees, not just folks that, you know, are doctors in X area. So they have this, they can write this white paper, really bringing to the skill, bringing to the table that innovation, futuristic skill set would be really interesting to pair uh, at a committee level. You know, you, in reference to where you started the superpower, you, you spoke about the competitive uh, nature and the advantage in it, but you also talked about this as a moment of innovation and how organizations need to grow and innovate to thrive. And you know, you, either yourself in terms of how you partner with your organization and help them have an innovation mindset uh, or where you're seeing organizations that have come out of sort of like two or three years of forced innovation, whether or not they wanted to. Uh, from an innovation mindset, I mean, where are you seeing that organizations are, are thriving or lacking when they come out of this time of forced innovation and now have to choose what's next? Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, we all can relate to the COVID yeah. and what that has caused us to do, forced us to do. Um, I also think at times it, it's, it's opened our eyes because we've had to do the experience 
I've also noticed some perspective of going back to the old ways because now things have reopened mm. despite the evidence that maybe this is a, maybe the better way to do things. Um, you know, associations, employers bringing people back with no real rationale other yeah. than that's the way we've done it. And so for us, I think what we're, what we're taking a, a hard look at is how do we mix and match? And can we, take, can we take a moment to say, all right, things are kind of quote unquote, we're throwing into normal, whatever that means. But can we level set and just say, what's the existential purpose of doing insert program resource, et cetera? Because if there's a way to do it that meets it and can bring in a larger crowd, be more impactful, be global, yeah. we should explore that. Because if we think that it's, it's, it's essential to what, who we are as an organization, why do, we, why do we have to do things the way it used to be done? Or even use those, el as, use those elements as rationale to go back to the old ways. Let's, let's take a moment and figure out really what is best. Because we're all, this is a little bit uncharted territory. A yeah. lot of us were forced, were forced, forced to rescope how we look at things and maybe we didn't like it. Now this is an opportunity to go back, but no matter what we have data now to say, let's, let's look at it. Let's have an open dialogue and, and figure out what's the best way to go, move forward. Understanding we're learning as we go. You know, the, uh, I feel like the conversations I often have or hear are that uh, innovation operates in this place of change that you both know you need it. And it's scary because you don't know what's going to happen and you stagnate without it and it could be wild success or failure right i mean so there's a lot of different dimensions to it you know as somebody who uh seems to and i've seen uh, speak and act uh, in a place of innovation of you know wanting to work with your organization uh and to be a thought leader in the space in it when your own background like is there a place like within your education or in your workforce, like what led an innovation spark in you in terms of your own career path? It's a very deep question. Um, I don't know, maybe I graduated, I suppose, with, I, with a degree in journalism in 2008, when literally everyone decided they weren't going to read newspapers anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And then everyone's trying to figure out what, how they're going to make money with this newspaper online and Twitter kind of came out. So there's just a big, there's so much change in terms of how we were consuming content, especially written content. Um, so, and we had the recession. So that was a perfect storm for me to just walk into, but maybe it was something with that work. I mean, I'm doing something that certainly I don't have a degree in per se. Um, yeah. And it's like everyone under the sun, it seems, we all kind of stumbled into this amazing profession and industry. Um, so I, I, I think I've always wanted to be flexible. I've always wanted to reshift. If I look at this object in above, what happens if I look at it from below, what happens from the side? I think I also enjoy just hearing other people's perspectives because something I've come to realize about myself is that I'm an incredibly opinionated person, but that doesn't mean I'm my own, I'm just me. I need to listen and learn and understand people's perspectives and why they're saying what they're saying and what's the rationale, what's the history. Are we talking about the same things in the same way? Um, I really enjoy those conversations. And I think oftentimes starting there leads to doing things differently and with the agreement that 
we want to make this better. It's not, we don't want to change for the sake of change. We want to change to make it better. Um, and that is, that's the thing that really attracts me to this organization and the position that I'm in, um, the industry. Yeah. It's so, it's so rewarding when you get that little bit. Is there a moment that there was a transition between finding a job, not in journalism, but within this industry, uh, and that you realize that like, this is more than a job. Maybe this is like your profession, your career. Like, is there yeah. something that I, changed? Yeah, I, uh, I was hired um, by a temp firm um, to work in another AMC. And that was like my first taste of association work. Um, ironically, later I would work for the American Staffing Association, who represents temp. So it's all connected. Um, and I think that was a taste of, so I, I started in marketing. And marketing, journalism, you can see a, a good enough connection where my parents were like, okay, you're kind of using your degree. <laughs> <laughs> it's important it's important right yeah that investment um so and then just talking to more folks and you know in an amc model you get to engage with all these different departments and people are doing different things with different clients based on their needs and so that was certainly an advantage where i had the ability to talk and learn the association space from 360 lens and who, who couldn't step into this industry and and serve some some client or some organization and that to me the flexibility the bandwidth um the openness of it all was super attractive to me so that as i as i've gone through my career path it hasn't been like i, I don't think it's been straight a to b um but it's certainly been just a lot of opportunity to learn and grow different skill sets hard and soft that i think that's what attracted me and that's what's kept me in it i think you know, as you think about the, the years ahead from the leadership, leadership strengths you have now, what are places that you want to see yourself further develop or learn or grow uh, to be an even stronger leader going forward? I would love to continue to build my, my facilitator skill set, which I know you have um, in spades. Um, you know, I'm a fairly new executive director. This is year three or year four. And so I understand that most of my job is managing the board and, and personalities and some of the politics, which are important. And yeah. I, I would love to be able to bring conversations to the table that are open, um, informative, inclusive. Um, and so that, it I think that's a, that's a, that's a strong skill set that I would love to have more of to build consensus and to hear peer perspective and be that facilitator. I think that is, that's something I think that I would love to enhance so that I can be a better, better leader for an organization. Where do you go for learning or for professional development or, or just for, you know, greater experience outside your job? Are there communities yeah. you're a part of? That's a great question as well. Um, you know, ASAE, we can give them a, an association forum, certainly part of both organizations and I volunteer for both in various capacities. Um, they've been crucial, I think, to my professional development and understanding of the organization. I think I've also been very fortunate to be part of organizations that provide professional development internally. Mm. Um, again, I think AMCs have a little bit of an advantage in that regard where we can bring folks that are in similar positions that, that serve similar clients and can ask those kinds of questions, um, both 
parenthetically or like real tactical questions that you can get answered right in the moment. Uh, Forum and ASE have those abilities, but you can't do well. Actually, now we none of us walk next door, but we, we can at least get more immediate answers from our colleagues that have experience in, in whatever question you might have. So um, that's been very valuable. Um, I, and, and as far as like personal development, it's it's been uh, we just moved to a new community and it's a little bit smaller outside of the city, so starting to get more involved um, and figure out how we can be more supportive for our community um, is, has been really interesting. Wow. Um, and so it's, it, and I know some of those skill sets will certainly translate over to my professional career as well. Well, uh, volunteerism uh, is speaks to, is a song for my heart as well. Mm -hmm. uh, although I was having a conversation with a colleague earlier around the volunteerism you see on local HOAs, and there's probably <laughs> things to learn about that for associations too. <laughs> Of course. The uh, time always goes by so quickly, these conversations, you know, I just want to wrap, wrap up by asking, you know, far, far, far in the future when uh, the journey of your time in leading organizations and being a thought leader in the space uh, that you start to think about what's next, what do you hope will be the legacy that you leave behind? Um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be cliche, but Sometimes they're, they're right. I, I just want to leave whatever organization, whatever position I've touched, it's to be a little bit better than when I found it. Um, I under, there's so much effort. We want to be, I want to make large, impactful, you're going to visit my tombstone when I'm gone kind of legacy. But you also want to be realistic and just say a little bit is better than nothing. And I think I've had, I feel so grateful. And I think a lot of us do in the space that as we go through organizations, we are grateful for the opportunity to provide service and support and mission and vision and value to the organizations we serve. It's, you almost feel connected a little bit. Like I still feel a little connection to this, the, temp, the staffing and recruiting industry or the child life professional group or the various nursing groups. It's, you feel, you'll read a headline and feel connection to that. And I think that's yeah. really special. Um, the only other thing I would say is I really want to whatever I can do to clear a path for the folks that are behind me, I want to do. Like, I'm not, I don't think I'm old. Um, I may act like I'm 60 if you ask my wife, um, that's fair. But I, I really, whatever I can do as I advance, start to look behind me. Cause I think we, we have some real appropriate rock stars that are coming in through our industry that are going to do more and more for all of these different organizations and to better society overall. So I'm, that's the only other thing I would add. Well, this sounds like good, good legacies for chart for the future, both for yourself and for the industry that you serve. Really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. Thanks, Wolf. I appreciate you for having me. And thank you to Amy Hager, who's been there chatting with everyone in the social media feeds and to everyone who turned in, tuned in to join us for this conversation for each of them. Uh, each time on Association Rockstars, we get to learn from one another and from some leading voices in the field about where, where everything's going and hopefully how we can each be better leaders. Until next time, Association Rock On.